Hello, this is Nolan Emmett. Without true discipline, we can never have true success. Before we carry on, let's have a look at what true success is. Many believe that true success is when you have achieved true happiness, not by having material things, not by getting that partner, not by going on trips or having that uh, sports car or whatever it may be, right? But whatever your definition of true success is, you will never have it without discipline, self-discipline. In the following segment, uh, Tony Robbins and Les Brown chat about the discipline that is required by everybody to make true success uh, viable in their life. Listen to it. It is an audio, no video, and it's only about 15 minutes long. One of the things I have realized, and many of us have, that if you want something out of life, if you want to change yourself, if you want to acquire something, if there's some goal that you want to reach, that is really not easy as some people will make us feel. That living your dream, changing your behaviors, overcoming negative habits, it's challenging, it's hard. That living alone is just very difficult. And once we begin to come to grips with the fact that living is difficult, there's always something so how do we begin to nurture that hunger? What are the characteristics or the qualities of people that are hungry? What will it take for me to get some of the things that I want? And being hungry for those things. Number one, you've got to work on yourself. It's very important that you engage in an ongoing process to develop you. Spend more time on yourself than what you've been spending. It's very important. You owe that to yourself. He said, many of us never realize our greatness because we become sidetracked by secondary activity. We spread ourselves too thin, don't know how to say no. And we find ourselves doing all kinds of things and never ever have time to do those things that we need to do to work on ourselves. And then there goes a second, there goes another second, there goes another second, and we can't stop and hold time. And before you know it, you wake up one day and you're behind on your dreams and your bills. So decide that you're gonna take some time to work on you, that you deserve that from yourself, that your life deserves some prime time because you are creating your own production. As Michael Todd would say, you are the star of your show, you are the director, you're writing the script, and you will determine whether your life is a smash office hit or flop. You determine that. Working on yourself, talking to yourself, that's so very important. Overcoming the negative conversation, that inner dialogue that's going on all the time, all the time. Even when you don't want it to be there, you can't stop yourself right now from thinking. You can't do it. It's going on. And so learning how to empower yourself, part of doing that is standing up to yourself. You've got to stand up inside yourself sometimes and say, shut up. You'll get scared sometimes. Your mind will go blank on you. Some people you will allow to unnerve you. And you wonder, what's wrong with me? I'm not crazy. That's why you've got to learn to make a conscious, deliberate, determined effort to stand up inside yourself. 
working on yourself, watching that inner dialogue, it will determine the quality of your life. When you're working on something you want to achieve, you have got to stand up to that voice. You've got to sell yourself every day on your abilities, on what you're doing, on the goal that you want to reach. You've got to sell yourself every day, every day, every day, according to your level of belief, it will manifest itself in what you're doing. Whatever we have right now, whatever we're demonstrating in our lives, is a result of what we believe subconsciously that we deserve. And part of increasing that belief level is that you have got to convince yourself every day. You can learn all the techniques in the world. If you don't believe in yourself, it won't happen for you. I learned all of it. So that's why I do a training called Focus on the Seller. You've got to focus on you. And as you convince you, as you sell yourself every day, every day, every day, you will begin to see a difference in the things that you're doing. Selling yourself on your ability to perform a job, to achieve a certain objective, telling yourself every day, here I go again, and I got what it takes. This is my day, and nothing out here is going to stop me. It takes courage to act. Part of being hungry when you've been defeated it takes courage to start over again. That when you step into your fears, somebody said, it was Winston Churchill, he said that courage is going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. When you step into your fears and continue to push yourself to go on, something happens for you. It will enable you to transcend yourself. When you, when you have something you want to do, if you don't develop the courage to do that which has been given you to do, and you spend a lot of time going around trying to convince other people or trying to get their approval, what will happen is that you will lose your nerve and other people will convince you that what you're doing doesn't have any value and you'll give up on your dream. It's an interesting thing about life I've also found that if you don't have the courage to act, sometimes and particularly, if you have something special to do, life will move on you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it with everything that you have. Develop the habit of giving more than what you're paid for. Develop the habit of, of setting standards that others will be measured by. Someone said, do not go where the path may lead, but go where there's no path and leave a trail. Manipulation as an ongoing tool for success is over. But adding value will never go out of style. Truth will never go out of style. So influencing with integrity is the secret. But what really influences people? Do facts and figures, we give you enough facts and figures out of a core story, is that gonna influence people? No. It's the weaving of that story together in a way that produces what shifts people. And that's human emotion. Ultimately, the big game here is emotion. You have to influence emotion. You have to influence the emotion of your people. If you're going to maximize resources, and if we all agree, as we talked about the other day, it's not a lack of resources, it's a lack of what? Resourcefulness. If you're creative enough, if you're playful enough, if you're determined enough, if you're focused enough, 
you can find a way. If you're giving enough, if you're generous enough, if you're honest enough, if you're courageous enough, you will get people to help you. You will find the way. You will make that thing happen. You'll access the resource. You get someone to coach you, teach you, loan it to you, let you try it, drive it, experience it. So it's the ability to influence emotion because that's what affects our intellect. That's the bottom line. A core story is only there to give you a set of facts to educate someone that will make them emotional enough to make a decision. And what they do is they go through a series of things that you have emotions about. They may say them in a non-emotional way, but the only reason they work is because you know they're gonna open the person's emotion. We can never forget that humans are emotional creatures, including ourselves. And to influence other people, we have to know what already influences them. And we can't ever forget what truly influences them. It's gonna come down to our ability to connect with them at a deep emotional level or get others to do the same. Here's how I'd say it in a really simple term. To influence someone, you have to already be influenced, right? To move somebody, you better be moved. To touch somebody, you can't touch somebody about your product or service or vision or idea or your company if you're not touched. To persuade others, you have to be persuaded. You can't give somebody else what you don't have. Now, you may have it intellectually, and here's the challenge. When you first meet somebody in your relationship, and you're all excited. What's the level of energy like? Zero to 10, make the sound of that energy. You meet somebody you're totally excited by, make the sound of it. Six months, six years, 20 years later. It's scary, isn't it? <laughs> and it's not time, because there are people I've told, I've been with them, been together 65 years, and they're still out of their mind for each other. They make the same amount of noise you did in the beginning here. What changes is, very often, when you're around something enough, I don't care what it is, there's a law called the law of familiarity. The law of familiarity says this, if you're around something enough, you take it just a little bit for granted. And it doesn't matter what it is, it's not that you don't care, it's that you get used to it. It's that the variety of it is not quite as high, it's not so new, and with that, sometimes you give it less significance. Even though in your heart you know it's significant, you don't keep the aliveness of it. It becomes something you intellectualize versus something you feel inside your body with a passion. So there are people who say, but we love each other. Yeah, well, that's great. You, know, you hug each other every now and then. You say you love each other. Little kiss like that. Was that how it was in the beginning? No. It isn't time. It's that most people don't understand that this emotion, this intensity, this passion has to be constantly reinforced every single day. And like any muscle, if you don't use it, you... So then you have the base understanding of why you do what you do, but you've lost the energy that makes it alive. And so if you're gonna be touching people, you gotta be touched. So then the question is, how do we influence ourselves? How do we influence other people? We gotta get them into their emotions. We gotta get ourselves into the emotions that are gonna move us to action. And we gotta do that ongoing, because otherwise all the stuff you wrote down will die. It'll die in your book, it'll die in your head. There has to be a level of emotion, a level of hunger in you that makes you go follow through. There's gotta be a level of energy in you that when you go share it with people, you're able to influence them to follow through. And when they don't do it, enough to get back in there with them again and get them to do it again. This is where the whole game gets won or lost. Do you agree or disagree with me on this? So what we gotta look at is first of all, us. And where does it have to start? Ourselves, since we're the first constraint. And if we can do it with ourselves and influence, then we can teach everybody else to influence. We've said business is innovation and marketing. You have to influence people to innovate because they're not gonna just do it because they're used to what works and it's easier and they know it. Innovation means massive what? 
change. How many people go, give me more massive change in my life with all the other things I'm trying to hang on to? They're not going to do that. You have to influence people to innovate. And marketing is influence. So what influences us is our states. How do we change our states? Let's start with you and I and with anybody we're going to work with. You've worked with me before, you know the first answer. If you're going to change somebody's state, the fastest way to do it is physical. Trying to change somebody's mind is really hard. Change their body, their mind will go. If you doubt it, give somebody enough alcohol and just see how quickly you can change them. True? Give enough alcohol, I don't care who they are, they're going to change. What are you changing? Biochemistry, physiology. Physical body and the emotion, the mind will shift. That's why people take drugs. That's why people eat. When they go eat, it's a biochemical change in their body. So, but we can do this through movement. We can do this through change. So if you want to be the leader and you're going to be affected, first thing I'd say to all of you going home, so you don't feel overwhelmed, is you need to develop a ongoing discipline because we are our rituals. And I mean a physical one. If you want to say, well, why is my life the way it is today? Look at your rituals. Whether you call them rituals or not, you have them. Most of you get up and you have a set of rituals. You go straight to email or you go straight and work out or you go have your breakfast or you hit the snooze alarm at least three times. It's your ritual. Who knows what I'm talking about here? And if you want to know what somebody's like, you can see their rituals. You can look at anybody's body in this room, if you had them take their clothes off, and you know some of their rituals or lack thereof. <laughs> is it true? If every day you get up and your ritual is, you go to Starbucks and order a smoke a or whatever those things are that you have, right? and a big muffin and whatever it is, right? And that's what you do every day. It's not hard to figure out what you're going to be like by 10.30 in the morning. You're going to be looking for your next coffee, your next whatever, because you want to stimulate your adrenal glands like crazy, and they're going to drop predictably. And we know what your stress level is going to be like. We know when your energy is going to go and fade. It's predictable because of your rituals. If you eat a certain way, you can predict that person's going to be fat and tired. You eat a different way, you know. If a person eats and they exercise a certain way, you know what their body's going to be like. Who here works out five days a week, never misses? It's just your life. Let me see your hands. Look at the, look at the number of people here. That's fantastic. That's really, give everybody a hand. That's really fantastic. <laughs> Who here honestly never works out consistently? Right? Don't clap. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what's interesting. I'm, I'm not saying one is right as one is wrong, but will those two different rituals create a different body, yes or no? Yes. If we wanted to really make it clear, we'd say everybody works out five days a week, stand up, we can look at them, sit down, everybody doesn't work out, stand up, look at them. It'll be pretty obvious. Now, some people's metabolism is different, they get by with different things, but you get the picture, don't you? Your relationships today are the results of your rituals. If the first thing you do every day when you come home is, hi, honey, and then you go and give them a little peck on the cheek, and then you sit down and start typing your emails, or you flip on the news, it's not hard to know what your relationship's gonna be like. You guys might love each other, but it's gonna be one boring, dead relationship. It's like having a brother or a sister. But if your new ritual was, and you just, in the beginning, you made it a ritual. You just made it for fun. You say, every day when I come home, the minute I'm gonna do is I'm gonna yell my husband or wife's name, or sometimes my wife's a little crazy, so I go, Lucy! <laughs> I'm home, and then we both go running. Wherever she is in the house, wherever in the house, we go running full speed like lovers haven't seen each other in six months. We do it, ask my assistant, all the time. Now, not every day, but it's our ritual to this process, right? It's just a crazy thing. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the hand, but that's not what I'm telling you to do this. I'm telling you this because I want you to create yours. Because when you do that and you're playful and crazy, 
and you do that on a regular basis, like you can't wait to see each other. And the biggest ritual that we have besides physical, and by the way, let me just say to you this, this, when you go home, if you want to transform your business, transform you by creating first, if you don't already have one, a set of physical rituals that you're not going to miss. I don't care if it's three days a week, four days a week, something that's going to make you physically strong because in a place where there's going to be a lot of fear, the way you deal with crisis is number one thing you should do is feed your mind. And you're doing that. Get yourself new answers. Immerse yourself in new environments. Get new voices. Have new perspectives. Ask some new questions. Isn't that what we've been doing here? Right? And we're doing it together and bringing all these people together. I basically, to create innovation in your life and marketing, I've assembled here 19 people. You assemble five days of your life, and we're just rocking day and night. It's the total immersion of what I taught you in innovation. It's really what it is. But it's got to continue. For it to continue, though, we've also been managing your state to a great extent. Right? Most of you don't go home and four or five days a day start clapping like crazy and screaming and shaking. You don't do that, you say. Right? And so some of you are going to go like, wow, it doesn't feel the same as at the seminar and stuff. <laughs> you know, I'm back here by myself and my people aren't doing this. But some of you will go home and initiate this. You're going to have your physiology five, your five minutes of physiology shift, once an hour, once every 90 minutes, or no more than once every two hours. You're going to start your morning with everybody and you're going to bring in and get some little audio clip of something from a movie or something that blasts across you know, the room and everybody stand at attention. You're going to do some crazy stuff if you're smart. Go over Zappos and see what they do. They got the most crazy stuff going on there. All the stuff that I do in seminars, they do every day at their location with their people. And people can't wait to get to work and they're in a certain state. If you're doing it for humanity, you really are and it isn't bullshit. You're going to find a level of energy inside you. You're going to get insights you never have. I really believe motive does matter. If your motive's just for yourself, you don't get much insight. Life supports you because you're part of life. But if you're trying to support more than yourself, when you get a vision, that's how businesses grow. That's how movements happen, right? Find something big in yourself to serve and make sure that you don't tolerate weakness in yourself. That doesn't mean you're not to feel sad, but you're not just going to stay there because you made that decision. Life's too short to feel like crap. I've decided I want to live in a beautiful state for the rest of my life. That doesn't mean I won't feel bad. It means I won't stay there because I'm in control.